Welcome to DC Beer Show, everybody. We are at DC Beer, across social media, dcbeer.com. Brandy, what are you drinking this lovely evening? Hi, Jake, and hi, Richard. Um, I'm drinking one of my Snally Spoils. I'm going to start as a hashtag now. Um, the amazing humans at Good Word walked over to the DC Beer podcast stage and dropped off a bunch of beer, and I was over the moon. Um I'm drinking a Meridson style lager 5.8, which, you know, good word really um, focuses on, on low ABV beers. And this, uh, this one is, well, I love the can a, but it's a Meridson. It's the most perfect time of the year for Meridson. So um, Mr. Richard, Papa beer. Welcome to the show. What are you drinking tonight? Papa beer in the house. Hello. I am drinking the flagship IPA from my local Maryville, Tennessee craft brewery, Blackberry Farm. Quite nice. It's like just a perfect IPA, really, in all of the ways that you would want just an India pale ale to be. It's just bitter enough, just hoppy enough, uh, quite dry, and uh, yeah, it's kind of become my staple. And that and Bearded Iris Homestyle, which I can get in 12 packs at the Kroger down the street. Jake, what are you drinking? Or did we already cover that? We didn't, but I have here, haters will say it's fake, the very last can in existence of Red Bear Black Viking. There it is. There it is. <gasps> wow. Uh, they did this maybe like eight or nine yeah, months February, ago. Right? And I scrolled one yeah. can away. Yeah. Because as the weather turns, I kind of wanted dessert tonight, but I didn't want to eat dessert. And I was like, oh, 7.6. Cool. I could drink this whole thing. They can well. It's held up very nice. You still get like a little bit of that kind of like Struppenwaffel, Biscoff, uh, Panella, brown sugar, a little cinnamon, baking spices in there. Still really nicely done. If you see it around, obviously, I would say you should cut I drank my last can of that same beer Maybe a month ago now when I was uh, stain, staining, sanding wood in the backyard. I was like, oh, let me have this. I deserve this. And it was it held up so well. It was well, well done. And it was not that sweet. I love that beer. I, I, you know, I know it was a collaboration, but I hope they do it again. Me too, because I don't really do the pastry stuff, but I think this is well done. But speaking of the sweeter stuff, Richard, yes. you're in Knoxville now or just outside. I'm in a suburb. You're in a suburb of Knoxville. <laughs> Zool's Killer Lights Festival is happening this weekend. And I know that you had Zool's peanut butter and jelly mixtape, which in fact is not a beer, but a seltzer. Your thoughts? I thought it was delicious. I thought it was exactly what they intended it to be. It tasted like peanut butter and jelly. It tasted like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, mostly. There's not a lot of that. Like, I don't eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So it's a little bit nostalgic and it's certainly delicious in small doses. I couldn't drink like 16 ounces of that, but it would be, I, I liked it. And I would, I will probably be getting some. I will be keeping it around. It would be, it's a lovely sort of split four ways kind of after dinner dessert that isn't, that isn't pastry stouty. That's what I thought of it. I thought it was very, I thought it was, it's delicious, but yeah, it's not the kind of thing I would drink. You know, if you mix it with Campari, then it could be a before dinner drink. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, I. I uh, but Campari, I don't yeah. know if they even sell Campari around here. <laughs> no, I was, I was, I was really impressed by it. Um, it delivers everything that you would want a PBNJ fermented malt beverage to be. Um, I thought it was really well done, and I've since learned that they come in a uh, grape and strawberry as well. And so I might have to like, collect them all like Pokemon, <laughs> at least just try them out. Uh, I thought it would. Yeah. Well, like, I will see. I was really impressed. I will. I- I will actually be going to the Kill the Lights beer festival this weekend, and uh, I will see what I can pick up. Hey, for you, who is going to be at Kill the Lights that we know? Oh, so many people um, that I am really excited to see. Uh, the folks from Other Half, RAR, um, friends that uh, I, we met at Snally Tripping Animals. Of course, I'm. Going to have some lagers from Schilling. Um, the answer from Richmond is going to be there. There's like dozens more, like dozens more. I'm actually kind of excited about Burial from North Carolina. Brandy oh, yeah. says they're good, Oh, right? yeah. Love Burial. Yeah. All right. My home cool. state. Cool. But I'm also looking looking forward to trying a lot of new, uh, new breweries, more southeast focused. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited. My first beer festival. In, in my new state. So, um, and also locally, hey, Kushwa. Kushwa. Is be there. So, that's I'm awesome. Excited. I'm kind of jealous. Uh, I want to I go to a new, I was just thinking today because I was walking around, it was gorgeous. I was like, man, I wish I was in a new city visiting a new brewery right now and not working. Um, but I actually just recently went to Kushwa. They just opened a very brand new location in Columbia, Maryland. And the old Frisco's. So if you know where that is, when I went, they hadn't even updated the Google Maps. So it still said Frisco's lived there. Um, so they, it was, it's gorgeous in there. Great murals, a thousand tap lines. They sell, they have cocktails. Lo- love me some Kushwa. And you actually can, you don't even have to be in Columbia, Maryland to have Kushwa because the Baltimore Craft Beer Festival is actually tomorrow, November the 4th, and Kushwa, along with 50-plus other breweries, are also going to be there. Uh, I will be there, and I'm pretty sure my dear friend Scoops is going to be there as well. Are you going, Mr. Jake? Yeah, I'm so excited. A $14 round-trip Mark train ticket, and then, you know, if you maybe you could surreptitiously quietly crack a can of something on the mark train i've never done that but my friends tell me that they have and that it's a good time uh, door to door in an hour what's not to like on the canton waterfront gonna see a bunch of cool people gonna have a good time yeah it, i went last year with a couple of friends and i i guess i hadn't didn't remember that it's so nice it's right on the water i bought earrings last year there were a bunch of really great vendors and the way that it's all spaced out, it's it's not it's kind of like it's not like your average beer fest. So I it's I highly recommend it. And actually, we gave away some tickets. So shout out to the winners to the Baltimore Craft Beer Festival. If you would like to win stuff, because everyone likes to win, right? Uh, you should definitely follow us on all the socials at DC Beers. It can be easier, D-C-B-E-E-R. Like, come on, 
Uh, so follow us at DC Beer. Jake and Mike are on the Twitters. We will give out more stuff. We've given out tickets before, and we will do it again. Um, and our Patreon members also get discount, super big discounts on stuff like tickets and local beer. If you are, if you're not in the know, then you should be in the know because you might get some free stuff and go drink. So, um, congrats to the lucky winners. I, that's a big weekend for me because Friday, the night before tonight, uh, I am going to be at last call at the Smithsonian. It's going to, this one's called the American beer and changing climate. And this is Teresa McCullough's last Smithsonian event, unfortunately. Um, but we have some big heavy hitters, um, females in the, in the beer industry. We have Andrea Stanley from Valley Malt. We have Victoria Garza. Um, she is the sales manager at Yakima Chief Hops, but also the co-founder of the annual uh, Sessions del Migrante. It's a beer collaboration, which honors the labor and expertise of migrant Mexican hop workers in the Pacific Northwest, which is really cool. Denise Ford Sawadago, yeah, from Montclair Brewing, and Morgan Owl Crisp from, my, again, my home state, Seven Clans, Asheville. Um, this is such a great event. I'm, I loved it last year and the year before. And some of the Women's Brew Culture Club women and Jordan, shout out to Jordan, we went and picked hops from the Victory Gardens from the Smithsonian. And uh, several of our local DC homebrewers are pour made and are pouring a beer tonight. So, if there's still tickets available tonight, you should totally go. It's it's going to be lovely. Um, so, yeah, that's it's going to be a big weekend, but I am so excited about it. Yeah, you'll see Brandy. You'll see Jake. You'll see Mike Stein. You'll see the home brewers. You might even see an uncredited guest appearance by Bonnie Branding of Wheatland Spring. Um, oh, may yeah. Or may not. Bonnie. Bring beer. Yeah, it's cool when like an uncredited guest shows up and they're famous. You're like, oh, hey, I know them. <laughs> but yeah, it's Bonnie with beer. So... That's cool. Plus, you know, she and Andrea of Valley Malt can discuss um, heirloom grains while Stein and I nerd out about that. So, very true. Should be a good hang. I'll let you yeah. guys nerd. I'll just go be social <laughs> and yeah, take yeah. pictures of everybody. <laughs> I'm going to get dressed up. I love it. All right. We've got a couple other events on our radar. And one of them is the first anniversary of the Lost Generation. And I sat down with Jared and Anne, the co-founders and co-owners of Lost Generation, just to spend a few minutes talking about lessons learned in the first year and a couple cool releases. And by a couple, I mean six beer releases that they have for uh, their party on 11-11. That's November 11th at 11 a.m. for VIPs, everybody else at 2 p.m. I better be VIP. Hi, my name is Anne. And my name is Jared, and we are here with Lost Generation Brewing Company. We are so excited to announce our first anniversary coming up. Uh, we will be celebrating it here at the brewery. It'll be on the 11th. Uh, we have a lot of, on Saturday, uh, November 11th, November I'm 11th, sorry. Yeah. And we have a lot of exciting activity on that day. Um, we will have a live band from 1 to 8. We'll have oyster shucking from 2 p.m. And we also are going to sell VIP tickets uh, starting Wednesday, October 25th. Um, it'll go live. Um, it is just $25 and it gets you a commemorative glass, um, two tasters of your choice, which include our real, uh, first barrel aged beers, 
our collaboration beers with... Which, which, let us not be remiss, I think we forgot to mention that uh, part of our anniversary is we are dropping six beers on that day. What? So six total beers. Six um, new beers. Yeah, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm as excited as you are about the oysters, but uh, we have six wonderful beers. Um, we have two amazing collabs. Uh, we did a collab with uh, Cerebral out of Denver, uh, and it's a uh, wonderful 8% uh, hazy IPA with Cryopop, Nectaron, one of our favorite hops, and Simcoe. Um, and we actually had Cerebral in-house here to help us brew it up. Shout out to Lily at Cerebral. Hi, Lily. Yes, nice to yes, see you during Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have a collab with Resident Culture, um, which uh, I'm so stoked about because uh, Chris, their head brewer and owner, uh, and uh, us were friends back in California when he was working at Russian River and I was working at Lagunitas. So uh, to commemorate that, we uh, joined forces, and of course, we brewed a West Coast IPA um, with uh, deliciousness in it. I mean, we decided to pull out no stops, so it's got Mosaic, Citric Incognito, um, Simcoe, and Nelson Sauvin hops, um, and it's 7% and amazing. Um, but on top of that, we are re-releasing two of our favorite beers from this uh, past year, uh, Tiger Spirit, our collaboration with Chef Stopping uh, AAPI Hate, and uh, Dying Moons and Shadows, our uh, dark Czech lager, which uh, was a, a favorite of everybody here. Yeah, But we also are releasing two barrel-aged beers uh, that day as well. Ten months ago, we put um, some stout into some Catoctin Creek rye barrels and have just loved the way they've matured and felt it was finally ready. And what better thing to bring out for the anniversary than that? Um, so they've been aging almost as long as we've been open, and now we're bringing them to you. One will be on um, pecans, and one is on vanilla. So we will be releasing all six of those beers. And with your VIP tickets uh, from 11 to 2, you have access to all six beers. Um, and only um, after 2 will the public have access to the collab beers and the barrel-aged stouts. They'll only have access to Tiger Spirit and Tamave. So if you wanted to get... Uh, that sneak peek, in all, all, in all honesty, the bourbon uh, barrel-aged stouts will probably go pretty quick. So if you wanted to make sure you got those on Nitro Pour, uh, make sure to pick up your VIP tickets. That will give you access from 11 to 2. Um, and then after that... Are those to be canned or bottled? Yes, the stouts will be bottled. All of the rest will be canned as well. Um, yeah, we will We will definitely um, still have the rest of it by 2 o'clock. But yeah, if, if you wanted to try the stouts on Nitro Pour, um, it'll probably be gone by 2, but maybe. I don't know. It depends on how much stout people want to drink. But we will only have a very limited supply um, on draft. Um, so certainly not more than that day's worth. But then we will have bottles to sell thereafter. That said, um, you don't have to buy VIP passes to um, join in on the fun. We are going to be open. Uh, we're going to be celebrating all day. So, you know, open to the general public from 11 a.m. to midnight. Um, our first band from at 1 o'clock is going to be Jesse Marie Duo, this great kind of acoustic duo that is a beautiful sound. And then uh, from 4 o'clock, we'll have Bad Luck Gold, um, which is kind of a more jazzy vibe, which fits with our jazz meets hip-hop theme very cool very cool so you all are now one year in what have you learned what's worked what hasn't if you could do it all over again uh we worked uh, a lot uh, <laughs> <laughs> we still uh, work a lot i yeah. think <laughs> um no i mean um i don't know um it, it's 
you know, it's it's a it's a tough thing. I mean, we've been doing this a long time. So, I mean, like, you know, I think we um, we, we felt pretty prepared. Um, we got definitely slammed at the beginning. Uh, and then so, you know, it took a lot. Um, I don't think we slept a lot uh, when we first <laughs> opened. But there's nothing you can do that. That's a good kind of problem to have. Um, and then, um, you know, I, I, I think the greatest lesson I took away is uh, – I underestimated. I I always of course wanted to focus on loggers and IPAs, and um, and I knew at least half of that would go over well. Um, but I didn't know DC would embrace loggers as well as they did. And so when we opened, we thought we would have to you know offer a little bit wider array of styles, and we were you know dabbling into things that just weren't as exciting for us. Um, and you know the the public embraced the same things we embrace. So now like our focus is basically exactly what we want to do, which is great because it's also what the people have uh, shown that they want. So um, I was surprised by that. Like if you had told me I could have three, you know, malt forward loggers on at a time, uh, I would have thought that that was a poor choice. And and now (laughs) I've realized actually DC is here for it. So uh, I'm here for it too. Yeah, I think we're incredibly lucky in that our, uh, you know, we could not ask for a better community. Um, DC's home for us, which is what brought us back. But um, we really were surprised by how the community, especially DC Beer, thank you for always um, helping us spread the word. Um, and just like the, the DC Beer community is very collaborative, very um very brother in arms and the neighborhood itself has been just overwhelmingly supportive. So, you know, I, it sounds, um, I'm actually, it it sounds funny to say I am having a hard time thinking of what I would change, what I would have changed about this past year. And, um, again, we've had the, uh, luxury to mull over this for 10 years and, um, we've opened a couple of places with, with other companies. So, you know, we were able to make our mistakes with other places. And, and then, so we, you know, we've, we've thought a lot about it and I, I don't know that I would have, I, I can't think of anything that I would have changed. And, and I think a big part of that is um, a, a huge shout out to our staff. Um, honestly, our day one staff is almost identical to our current staff. Um, they're all like almost all people that we've worked with in the past. Our, our management team, Megan and Cody, have been amazing keeping this place together with us. And without them, we couldn't have done it. So I think the fact that the year has gone as smoothly as it has is due to our amazing staff. So um, I, I give them a huge round of applause. Excellent. That's very cool of you. And I think it speaks volumes that uh, the staff you started with is the staff that remain. Um, that speaks to, I think, a, well, a well-run program. You're also sending beer to Virginia this upcoming weekend for Dynasty's Stout Fest. But is it a stout? It is not. Um, we uh, decided to change it up a little. I mean, you know, everybody's going to have so many wonderful stouts uh, to be able to have. Um, but uh, kind of the beer that uh, I feel has gotten the most talk about since we opened, and again, going back to that point where uh, what I was surprised by, um, our dark lager, Grave Shift, um, is one of our favorite beers. Um, I didn't know it was going to be embraced as well as it has, but it, it has. And so, you know, thank heavens for that. Um, but I think this will be the first time that Graveshift has uh, left DC. So we will be taking Graveshift out to Dynasty. Um, and then so we'll have something a little crisper to clean your palate in between all those delicious stouts. Cool. Keeping it stout. You have a background, Jared, at Lagunitas. 
which I think on one hand is famed for hoppier beers, but on the other, they also put out Willetized and some bigger stouts. How did that inform your approach to making your anniversary beer? I mean, I definitely learned a lot about proper barrel management and all of that. Um, it is almost comical, the little piddly thing that we've done here in comparison. So, I mean, like, I have two barrels with stout in them here. Um, whereas uh, when I was at Lagunitas, I oversaw a 5,000 barrel program, which uh, is not an envious thing. Uh, but um, it is very different. So, uh, uh, it, but I mean, again, it, it teaches you proper management, proper ways to do things. Um, I'm very comfortable, you know, using the barrels and all that. But I get to play more here. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't go and do as much playful things when you're doing it at that kind of quantity over there. So like Willetize, delicious. Um, but I mean, we would fill in um, D-barrel, usually about 500 or more barrels in a given day with that. So when you're doing that, you don't get to be like, oh, let's put it on roasted pecans and, you know, things like that. And so you just don't have that kind of, you know, whimsy, uh, whereas that's the opposite of here. So, I mean, like, you know, I was able to go and hand roast you know, 10 pounds of pecans to uh, let the barrel condition on and, and things like that. So, I mean, it's like we have a lot more ability to kind of do exactly what we want here. But um, it definitely taught me a ton about how to do it properly. The first batch of Tiger Spirit, I think dialing in the peppercorns took a little bit of work. How did it go for batch two? Well, everybody involved in batch one wanted more of what the uh, 50 hertz uh, peppercorns, uh, shout out to Yao. Um, but he, he, he always refers to his whole like, lifestyle as tingly. Uh, so, uh, Stay tingly, my but, friends. <laughs> but everyone from Greg Anger, because Blue Jacket is involved, um, uh, to Yao himself, of course, uh, wanted more tingly. So uh, we did add a little bit more Szechuan peppercorn on this round. Um, and uh, it's tasting really good. Uh, it is not finished conditioning, but I mean, it is, it's, it's most of the way there. And I really like how this turned out. I mean, we didn't like, you know, we didn't turn it up to 11 or anything, but I mean, you know, it's, uh, we definitely increased it. Uh, I think it's still a very approachable beer, which was kind of our goals to have these cool um, ingredients, but have them balanced so that it's a, a food friendly and not off, well, not, I don't want to say off-putting, but a, a more approachable beer to uh, the general public. You've got barrels emptied now. Uh, are you going to put more beer in said barrels? Are you going to acquire more barrels? Are you bottling with a like? A, do you do you have like a forehead bottling system uh, at this oh, point? God, no. I wish I had a forehead bottling system. Are you, no, uh, are you? We have your hand bottling bottle. and capping like a home brewer. Yeah, yeah. We have a two head <laughs> bottling system. It is my head and Cody's head, uh, and we are bottling it all ourselves. And a few um, volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hand labeling, all of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 until we have a more robust barrel program, it doesn't make sense for us to, you know, uh, invest in like a Mahine or something. So, you know, for the time being, you know, we're doing it uh, using, you know, just the, the old style so method. But uh, no, we definitely will fill up some more barrels. Um, as soon as we get past the anniversary, then I have some ideas of what I'd like to do. Um, I don't know if we'll reuse these barrels. Um, reuse is really uh, not great unless you're going to do something like a wild in it. And I, I don't know how I feel about that at the moment. I, I love keeping my house clean. Uh, like, you know, I, uh, so going back to resident cult culture, I mean, you know, Chris worked at, uh, you know, Russia River and, you know, Vinny was adamant about like, 
you have two separate houses, one for the dirty stuff or the sour program and then one for the clean stuff. And you weren't even allowed to work in those two areas on the same day. It was like you had two separate pairs of boots. I think about it the same way here. So um, we'll see. But I will definitely fill up some more barrels. Yes, um, <laughs> we will be doing that uh, probably in the next like two months. Um, we'll, we'll put something in something. So I, I don't know what yet. First, first we're going to get these empty and then I'll, <laughs> I'll figure out the next frontier. What is the next year hold for Lost Generation? Like, what's what's in the works? What are you planning? So we have a, a couple um, big name bars um, out of the city and you know throughout the Mid Atlantic um, that we're going to do anniversary tap takeovers. Um, obviously, we're going to do it here first, and then we're going to send some to places that we wouldn't normally be found um, at at some really cool names, um, and we're really excited about that. So um, that's one thing um, that we're excited about, kind of, you know, expanding our network a little bit. But beyond that, yeah, I mean, we, we, we are finally at a capacity now where we can increase distro a little bit, uh, but still it's not our focus by any means. Um, and uh, I'm really excited. We have some amazing collabs lined up for the coming year. So, you know, I mean, we started, you know, I think pretty good with, you know, we Henhouse, Sapwood, Blue Jacket, obviously, uh, Resident and Cerebral. And then the next year, we've already lined up a couple really heavy hitters as well um, that we'll be releasing sporadically in the coming months. Congrats on a year. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Anne. The 11th, the anniversary party. We will see you there. 11. Yeah, 11, 11 at 11. We hope to see you. Oh, see? Easy enough to remember. All right. All right. All thank right. you. We all have a great day. I wish I could be there. Because we were all there. We were there before they even opened, I went and took a bunch of pictures. We had a we had a preview party. That was a year ago. That was over a year ago now. Wow! Yeah. I remember yeah, taking like fifty three or fifty four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I took a thousand pictures. I was so excited because uh, we had met Anne before, and I fell in love with Anne. She's still one of my favorite people. And, you know, just so happens they make fantastic beer. So anytime we get to sit down and talk or see Anne is always a great time. Um, so uh, happy anniversary to Lost Generation. Absolutely. And happy anniversary to my neighborhood brewery, Hellbender. Uh, to today, or not today, on the 11th as well, is their ninth anniversary. So luckily, both of these breweries are in the same quadrant of DC. So you have no excuse. You can go visit both of them. Yeah. It's not even like, it's not just the same quadrant. They're both right off the Met branch trail. Lost Gen, obviously part of the drink MBT Met beer trail. And then you go further up it. You could bike from one to the other. And maybe you should, so long as you're doing it responsibly. Very true. I'll be at both. So we're not content just to give you two guests in one interview. What if we gave you like five guests in another interview? And so here we have, for your listening pleasure, just a taste of the mixed fermentation panel that DC Beer did at Snallygaster. Shouts to NRG and shouts to that panel. Avery Swanson from Keeping Together. Christian from De La Fontaine. There are three fountains. If you're like me and you insist on calling things literally, Doug Coombs of Ale Song, Ron Extract, who's going to kick it off from Garden Path, and Chris Johnson of Greenbench. The full interview is going to be available to our very special Patreon members, dcbeer.com slash Patreon. But in the meantime, 
Here's a taste. I'm just going to ask, do all of y'all hate it as much as I do when people use sour as a noun? Yes. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Um, well, not, not a style, not even a noun. Um, but... <laughs> To that point, to style, um, that, that's the other thing that I wanted to touch on is that there's a conception, I think, that a good beer has to be a good beer in a predefined style. And styles were created by great beers, not the other way around. That great beers, things that are unique, that are interesting, that are innovative, give rise to styles. And for those of you who are going to rate our beers according to whatever style that somebody on Untapped decided that they belong in and then critique them for not being in that style, you're, you're missing the point. Um, and frankly, if you're rating our beers based on a one ounce taste in this venue, you're also missing the point. As Avery said earlier, we're not making beers to be sampled. We're making beers to be enjoyed, consumed. Drink a full glass and then drink another one and then drink a third and then rate it and tell me what you think. Um, if you're splitting a sample with like five of your friends and then giving an untapped rating without any kind of further explanation of why you think what you think, it's of no value to us. And you probably wouldn't appreciate it if we went and criticized how you do your job without uh, any, any uh, elaboration on that. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's yeah, let's, let's create a site where we just criticize. I think we should rate our raters. We need we need a site where we just like take people on untapped and we say why they suck or or don't even just give them one star and don't even say why they suck and just say, I, yeah, sorry, I, I, I don't like whoever this person is or, you know, whatever they represent. Um, they don't fit a category well enough for me. They, you know, they, they defy categorization. So so I'm just going to dismiss them. Um, Okay. Sorry, I, I think I, I got off topic here. I have a, I have a comment <laughs> on this. Um, you know, all of us have been in this industry for a long time, and we've all learned so much about as many different things as we possibly can when it comes to beer, right? Um, you know, and years and years ago, I studied my ass off to take the Master Cicerone exam, and I failed it a couple times and eventually passed it. And part of the motivation that I had doing that was like, I make beer that is not to style, but it's not because... I don't know what I'm doing. I know exactly what I am doing, and I am making beer that is not stylistically accurate for a reason. How do you reconcile style and innovation, right? Because you cannot, you cannot have this dogmatic view of what beer is and what style is, and at the same time still embrace innovation. That wasn't sour at all. That was a good segue. <laughs> Would you say it was sweet, Brandy? <laughs> Oh man, I love I love I that was the first time I met Ron and I fell in love with him. So shout out to Ron wherever you are right now in Washington state. Can't wait to can't yes. wait to see you again. Hopefully it's not all the way until next Nally, but you cracked me up, dude. Glad glad I could bring you some wings. I wanted to congratulate Imani and Lindsay of Urban Garden Brewing because they surpassed their goal of the first sex segment really of their fundraising, um, their crowdfunding for their brewery, which will be in Fort at Fort Totten. So uh, it's it would be amazing to have another brewery up by me, you know, because there are pockets of breweries, and you know there are always places closing and um, ripped ripped to 
district made formerly one eight. Um, I will miss them dearly. So yeah, shout out to Northeast DC getting another brewery eventually. <laughs> all right, cool, cool. On that note, um, we bid you all farewell and good night. We are at DC beer across social media, dcbeer.com. And again, dcbeer.com slash Patreon. You should join because we're cool and fun and you're cool and fun too. Thanks for listening. Aw, thanks, Jake. No, I wasn't talking to you, Brandy. I was talking to the audience. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Boiled again. Boiled again.